It's the Hack Attack and the Pharaoh Podcast. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. If you didn't know, which you don't know, because I haven't said, we're talking with Candace. Yay! Candace, how do you say your last name? Bahi. Bahi. Yes. And what is that? What is? It's Navajo. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, normally on the Hack Attack and Pharaoh show, you'd be listening to Hack Attack and the Pharaoh. But today you just have the Pharaoh because Hack Attack is on his way to a wee bonnie lass of an adventure <laughs> in Scotland. He's going climbing there for 10 days. Oh, nice. So he's packing up today. And um, oh, you'll like this. So part of his adventure is to go climbing on this tower, right? Mm-hmm. And his climbing partner, who's Scottish... <laughs> has told them that they should wait and do that tower last because apparently there are these birds that fly around. No, I don't mess with birds. And they, they puke on you. Apparently his, his uh, climbing partner is Sean Connery, but Sean Connery's living <laughs> doppelganger. Show Jason. <laughs> these birds, they puke in your eye. Gross. And the acid burns through it like a gasoline fire through the brush. <laughs> but um yeah they puke on you as a defense mechanism That's... so can you imagine climbing and then you get that in your eye no that would be the worst like right. birds are horrible altogether. really <laughs> tell birds. me more about your i've been birds. attacked by birds see the scar i got attacked, attacked by a by rooster birds? it was a rooster <gasps> and i've been chased by geese <laughs> <laughs> i don't mess with birds <laughs> the alfred hitchcock, hitchcock yeah. life here with the birds wow what did you do to them Nothing. I, well, this was when I was like six and I was making fun of the roosters. So. <laughs> and they heard you. Yeah. Like, instant no. karma. <laughs> right. And the geese, did you? We were at Lagoon, just like walking out of Lagoon. They mm-hmm. just, they come at you. <laughs> <laughs> they just come at you. They're just sitting there and <laughs> you're walking along and then. Rah, 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 rah. Basically. That's fun. Okay. So let's start off. How did we meet? Um, we met on a movie. Yes. You, I, you're my actor. Uh-huh. I was your actor. I love <laughs> yes. the way you put that. You were my actor. <laughs> Excellent. And what do you do? I am a costume designer, uh, wardrobe for a film. But then you also do makeup and hair as well, right? Yes, I do. I dabble in hair, makeup, and now special effects makeup. Special effects makeup. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I learned on you. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know, I'm my. We were working on a film called Limbo, mm-hmm. and it just wrapped for the eighth time. Eighth today. time, yeah. So hopefully that's the final final wrap. But um, she carved into my head. What'd you carve into my head? Lust. Lust. <laughs> you lusty man. <laughs> lusty, lusty bastard. <laughs> but um, yes, so she carved lust in my head with the special effects makeup. So now you do this, and this is pretty impressive, I think. You do this full time yeah. here in Salt Lake. Yes. I mean, that's to me, because there's not a lot of people that are doing that full time, right? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so have you worked on, do you work on mainly features? Do you do short, what else do you do? Um, I mainly do feature films. I've been doing commercials. I make costumes. Um, I've made a couple of costumes for commercials. I made a costume for the movie. Um, I do short films. Um, I haven't done a short film in a while, but I do have one planned at the end of the month. So okay, we'll see. I think I'm just doing hair and makeup on that one though. Gotcha. Yeah. But I mean, you're full-time paid. This is your living. This is yeah. how you feed yourself yep. work. How I take care of my child <laughs> and my am- parents. That's amazing. 
I mean, that's so cool because it's hard to be an artist full time here in Salt Lake. Yeah, I never dreamed that this would be like I would be doing this full time. I mean, I always wanted to Mm -hmm. like making clothes and working in film, but I never thought of it combined. So I got lucky. (laughs) So, yeah. So I remember and you have a great story because what were you doing before this? I was a pharmacy tech. Uh I worked at Select Health. I was a quality assurance specialist working Medicare for 10 years, pharmacy tech for 12 years. I was just working a desk job. (laughs) And for those of you that can't see because we're not doing a video recording of this, her soul died just a little bit when she (laughs) told that story. (laughs) But I mean, so you were doing this and you were doing the wardrobe, makeup and hair uh, part time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I started in 2020. 2020 you started doing this in 2020 Mm -hmm. really yeah (laughs) okay so have you been doing costume stuff just on your own were you a club kid were you a raver no i was never a raver i always my son i would always make his halloween costumes i would make my friends halloween costumes my costumes um i always liked making my own clothes okay and like just alterations for my friends just like here and there but never like never made a a costume that was in a film until till 2020 till 20 well 2021 okay that does seem <laughs> wow actually no it was 2020 because i did a short film in okay. august of 2020 i made a caveman costume <laughs> wow like captain caveman i don't know <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm old i just dated myself there um but okay so tell me that that story again of when you decide the switch got flipped and you're like i'm not doing this pharmacy bullshit anymore oh, okay so i was it was last summer and i had just moved into a new place everything was going wrong basically <laughs> um my work was just like stressing me out i had to be on the phones which i hadn't been on the phones for like three years i was turning down film jobs there it was may and i had to turn down my f- third film job because I couldn't, I didn't have enough PTO. My boss was cool and he would let me use PTO and work at night or work on the weekends. So I was basically, like when I, when I was on a film, I basically was working like 18 hour days and still like taking my son to school and doing all that. But um, so I, the fourth call, my friend Matt, who got me, Matt Tucker, he got me into film. He called me and was like, hey, this, come be on my art team. Um, it starts in two weeks. Like we, you have this amount of time. This is the pay. Like, and I was just like, dude, I can't, like I have work. And he's like, well, it starts in two weeks. He's like, I can't tell you what to do with your life, but like, I'm just giving you the details. Just let me know. So then I get off the phone with him. I call my sister. I call my son. I'm like, what do I do? Like it's, it was perfect timing. And my boss a week before we were joking about me leaving and he's like, just make sure you put in your two weeks. And so that there was like, he doesn't want me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So then this opportunity came up and I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. And I went back because I was on break and I went back to my desk. I worked, was working from home, went back to my desk, wrote my resignation letter, sent it. And then two weeks later, I, was on a film set and I haven't stopped since. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, really? Yeah. And That's that one, so I was on the art, I was on the art team, but mm-hmm. then the producers found out that I did wardrobe and the wardrobe department was falling apart. So they pulled me from art into wardrobe 
and I just like that's where I wanted to be anyways so yeah 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 so it was fun that's (laughs) awesome wow I mean again uh, for those listening which the ones of pens that are listening um it's Salt Lake City is not an easy place to one be an artist to two get paid for it and to three do it full time to feed yourself and your family and I love how I went right to Club Rave Kid. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. it was for my son, John, for Halloween. Excuse me, I was a mom. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. But I did like with sew uh, patches. I was more of a punk kid. So uh-huh. I like sew patches on, put like mismatched clothes together, nice. put on studs. <laughs> That's right. You're a punk kid. Yes. But yeah. That's right. <laughs> no yeah. raves. No raves for no me. No raves, but punk concerts all the way. And we were talking today, and you had some few interesting punk concert stories, too. Yeah, I have a lot of I mean, yeah. Okay, so not to talk about him too much. Jason has a lot of live life or death, limb, limb or uh, oh. life and limb stories, mm-hmm. right? But his are not as entertaining as yours. <laughs> He's like mountain climbing. The weather comes in. He might freeze to death. Whoop-de-doo. What? Yours are mob mentality, <laughs> like mosh pit. Pushing off like 300-old men or 300 pound men right exactly <laughs> so so you told me today you almost lost your life twice um yes once at the misfits concert uh actually a sonic youth i almost sonic uh youth. suffocated in and then tell actually, me about that uh sonic youth yeah tell it, me about that it was when uh they were having the uh, twilight concerts at the gallivan center okay so it was like 2009 i think uh-huh. and like I'm thinking it's Sonic Youth. Like I'm not thinking these like crazy, like hardcore Sonic kids. Youth. Like, <laughs> they do covers of the carpenters. Come on. Right? <laughs> I'm not thinking like th- there's gonna be like a bunch of hardcore kids. But also at the time I wasn't going to that many concerts then, just because mm-hmm. Ian was my baby was little. But we were like front and center and once the music started, everyone just like ran towards the the stage. And like I'm four eleven, so I already can't see like above past people like past their shoulders so then when everyone starts like crowding in i just get pushed into everyone and like my boyfriend at the time is trying to like hold me up and like (laughs) pick me up out of the crowd but like we're still like rocking out the whole time of course (laughs) too much metal for one hand yeah and then same with the misfits it was the original lineup danzig was there it was in denver and we were front and center again, and then once the music, we waited there for an hour and a half, and then once the music started, everyone just rushed the stage, and I got like pushed to the front, and then like sucked into the crowd, it's and like, a like tidal wave, yeah, the ocean coming <laughs> yeah. back and forth, back yeah. and forth. I couldn't touch the ground for at least twenty minutes. Touch the ground, yeah, like I they was, were lifting you up. Yeah, I was so packed in there, and then like. I was, I could hear the songs and I could still like kind of rock out. And then these guys saw that I was like slowly falling and like I was struggling. So they just picked me up and I just crowd surfed out of there. And I had had to watch the show from the back. (laughs) (laughs) The most disappointing part of that story. I had to watch the show from the back. I should have died up front. (laughs) Yeah. I just died. That's Died to Astro Zombies. It's the life. <laughs> <laughs> Buried in Danzig sweat. It's the life. <laughs> That's how you live. And now you just went to this other one. What was it? Bikini in, Kill. 
Bikini Kill. Yes, 90s feminist punk band. Uh, they broke up in the 90s, just got back together. Well, they got back together in 2020, but then everything shut down. Uh-huh. I was supposed to go see them in Portland, and they're from Olympia, Washington. So it would have been cool to see them like in their own like turf. Right. But then twenty like the pandemic happened, so they got c- canceled. Um, uh, that they they had tickets go on sale in November or December of last year, and the I just bought tickets to the closest place, which was Albuquerque, New Mexico, and my niece. I flew down there. My niece and her boyfriend drove up and met me, and I just saved her from a bunch of angry feminist women, girls. They were girls. <laughs> <laughs> Not even women. They were just they were girls. They were angry, angry girls. Yeah. What do you think they're angry about? I mean, there's a lot to be angry about. Okay. <laughs> Dive in. Tell but, me more. Speak on, dear friend. But it was like when the whole like the abortion, the Roe Wade thing was happening. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. an issue. But I feel like what they were mad about wasn't any of that. It was just they were just trying to pick fights with everyone around them. Which isn't cool. Yeah. Because when you go to a normal punk concert, it's like camaraderie. Everyone's there to help each other. And like, if someone falls on the ground, they'll pick you right back up. Like, these it, girls were stepping they, on people. Yeah, these faces. girls were stepping on people. Like, uh, saying, like, bullying men. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the other guy who was crying upstairs. Well, tell me about, tell me about, so you told <laughs> me about two men, right? Yeah. So tell me about those two men and then tell me about the third one. Well, one of them, right when we, so me and my niece, like, we get there, we just, Standing in the merch line, the merch line was like forever long. So I was like, okay, screw it. I don't need a shirt. We go up to the front and I'm trying to make friends with this older lady who was an OG punk, uh, OG Bikini Kill <laughs> fan. And I was OG like, being. being like, she's in her 50s and she's been into them since they came out, which is cool. And I get that. But like, I'm OG too. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be 50. I just don't have my AARP card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so one guy was already like storming out of the front because the girls were just like, they were yelling at him. There was another guy that I was watching and he had his arms folded the whole time and he just looked super uncomfortable. And this group of girls at the front were just like obnoxious and they were yelling at their friend for like in his face. And so he was like looking away and then he looked back at them and the one girl was like, you touched my ass. You touched my ass. He's touching everyone. And then he just like storms out. And I wanted to be like, dude, you can come stand with us. Cause like he looks so uncomfortable. Like yeah. he, he was a younger kid. And so like, and I wanted to tell the girl like, dude, be careful with your allegations. Like you can like ruin someone's life just by like. Well, in that crowd too. And, yeah, I mean. especially. And then like they just, and it was like piranhas. <laughs> she <laughs> starts cow yelling. walked into the Amazon river. <laughs> yeah. She started yelling at him. All the other girls started yelling at him. He ran out. So we're like, oh, like that sucks. So we get through the show. We see a fight like this other, l- other little girl pulls down the, the one, the tall girl who was yelling at the guy she like pulls her down so i see like a fight break out right next to me and i'm like i should help her i should help her and then i'm like my niece is here i gotta be good i gotta be good <laughs> i was gonna jump in i don't yeah i don't need to catch a case in another state so in, a, in another state <laughs> or you mean other state other state yeah i'm in other state <laughs> i don't need to be arrested in another state but so i grabbed the little girl who because the other girl was just like flailing around like there's there's uh like there's a way to dance at a show and it's not flailing around bumping into people you don't know 
And it was just like really disrespectful. And so then that girl got mad and she pushed her off. And then that's when the fight broke out. But then so I grabbed her and pulled her by me and my niece. So she wouldn't get in trouble. And then those other girls left. And then the rest of the show was fine. Like everyone, the people who moved up after they left were cool. And then right before they left the stage, Bikini Kill left the stage, I told my niece, I'm like, hey, like once the show ends, we're leaving because the encore, they're going to play Rebel Girl. And that's all, that's the only song these bitches know. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one they've ever heard. That's why they came. And it's just going to light them up. And I was, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. Before that, their backs were to the stage and they're just yelling at people. And then they're like, it's Rebel Kill. No one was singing out of me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I um, laugh and talk like I know these songs, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> But so we leave, we go upstairs and I'm in the line for the bathroom. But like as we're walking past the bathroom, there's this like guy just on the ground crying. And like, I'm like, hey, I have to pee. Like, I'll be back for you. But my niece is so sweet. So she goes up and she's like, are you okay? Like making sure he's fine. I go to the bathroom, I come out and like, we're just like sitting there with him. And then everyone else notices us like with him and he's crying. So like we got a whole group to be like, you're okay. Like just being his friend, like he yeah. made new friends because of us. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> we hey, yeah, we, we have to go. And so she told me the story that he was in that crowd in the, in the front and center. And the girls were bullying him too. And he was getting stepped on. And they were like stomping on him and his boyfriend. So he didn't even know the band. His boyfriend knew the band. Okay. And his boyfriend didn't help him or do anything to stop it. And so these girls just stomped on him, basically kicked him out of the front. Like what I had seen before. Yeah. And he was just upstairs crying by the bathroom. And I'm like, I don't like men as much as the next girl, but I am not that mean. I like to hate them from afar. Yes. Wow. So um, how many, so this band, I mean, um, how long they've been around? Um, since 1990. Okay. Like 89, 90. Yeah. Okay. And then we broke up in 97, I believe. All right, so they were part of that 90s, I mean... Yeah, they started, like, the Riot Girl movement. Nice. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm learning something new all the time. That's <laughs> why I like this podcast, because I, I yeah. learn from the people we have on. Um, so the lead singer, Kathleen Hanna, she's married to Adam Yock from Beastie Boys. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, so, how many, I guess, how many men do you think were at this concert? Probably like 10. Ten? <laughs> <laughs> they all got their asses kicked. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, I don't know. Being at a feminist rock concert with uh, everything that's going on, that could be a bad idea. Yeah, right. I thought it was going to be a good... Oh, so like I forgot to say like the 10 minutes that we were standing there and I had that awkward conversation with the OG Bikini Kill fan... I looked at my niece and I was like, dude, I do not feel safe in this crowd. Yeah, you were telling me that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel safe I didn't, Yeah, I didn't feel safe. I'm like, someone's, some bitch is going to throw hands, like, for no reason. And that happened eventually, but, like, I was like, I've never felt this way at a concert before. Like, I've been to, like, Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails was crazy, too. That oh, was yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Tool, like, uh, like, Circle Jerks. 
a whole bunch of different punk bands uh-huh. and like in shitty basements and i've never <laughs> I once love the felt shitty basement <laughs> <concerts>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've never once felt that way at any of those concerts yeah and i've been surrounded by men <laughs> interesting yeah so it was kind of a bummer but so what do you think the vibe i mean you talked a little bit about just uh, where it's just because they were young i think so i think it's just like the super hyper feminist like it's so cool to hate men and it's like we're just gonna bully any anyone with testosterone like that's how it felt but like you said you were um afraid someone would just start throwing hands yeah Somebody they're just like start ca- punching anybody catty so. and jealous it's like if yeah. you like looked at someone wrong or so they were ready to turn that anger on anyone, anyone yeah not uh, just men i felt like it was just like anyone wow yeah okay so what's your next big concert um agnostic front is coming in september um, I'm sure there's a lot. I missed like a whole bunch this weekend Yeah. for the Kilby Court thing. No, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like no, Clara um, was there, Steve Lacey. Mm-hmm. I missed all that. My, uh, our, my partner, Jason, his wife, Jordan went to that. Oh, this, uh, I think she might've just gone yesterday or maybe was yeah, it, whole weekend, it was Saturday. Saturday. I think it was Friday, Friday and Saturday. Saturday. Okay. So yeah. she might've just, yeah. So she went, I think both days, but it sounded, uh, sounded pretty cool. Um, let's see. So I want to get back. I want to circle back around a little bit. Um, so are you from Salt Lake originally? No, I'm from Arizona, um, from the Navajo reservation. Okay. And then my dad, he was a pipe fitter welder and he brought us up to Salt Lake when I was like a year. And so like we would, I lived, I basically grew up here in like Bountiful Centerville, but they would like ship us back to the reservation during the summers and then okay. <laughs> interesting turn of phrase I know. <laughs> or ship us back i just imagined you and your family in some kind of freight container on a train or something no just the kids <laughs> just the kids the parents they're fine first class on delta but but yeah it was fun it was like i got like the best of both worlds i wish that i would have spent more time on the reservation mm-hmm. but like once i got older and like work and having my son it made yeah. it a lot harder to go back do you still have family down there yeah all my family's yeah. still down there and are you able to get back at all with your yeah. son? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We were, well, we were there in October of last year. It was for a funeral, but mm. it was still nice to see all the family. Sure. But yeah, what was it fun. like growing up there? Um, there was uh, definitely not like here in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Like we had an, an outhouse. There was no my when when I got older, my grandpa had a they got like a bathroom, mm-hmm. but I remember having to like in the middle of the night walk like a mile or it probably wasn't that long but a ways to go to the bathroom like my grandpa had horses and like sheep and stuff so we would like ride the horses just like we would just play outside there was no technology there was like no smartphones i think we had like one tv and we would watch like um third third from the rock the uh, third rock from third the rock from the sun yeah so you watch like episodes of that <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's, well not that i love lucy is bad but you know it's better than that it's a little more up to date yeah um it was fun though i really wish i would have learned more of my traditions i don't mm-hmm. my parents never taught us our language really? and i think it was just to well because like but they can speak yeah they yeah. they speak it but like back in the day uh natives weren't allowed to speak their own language mm-hmm. it was illegal so I feel like f- when they moved us up here to Salt Lake, they wanted us to adapt better. And oh, so wow. just being able to speak English would have like helped us fit in more, which uh, really it didn't because it was, I grew up in Bountiful and I was not Mormon and I was brown. 
and yeah yeah <laughs> kids couldn't hang out with me <laughs> really <laughs> yeah but i wish i would have learned like my language and i still can't it's just really hard like the navajo language is oh, really yeah. hard well they use it and i mean that was what they used in world war ii yes i'm glad you know that because not a lot of people know that that's a great i've story. met like five people in the last two weeks who did not know that yeah it's a great <laughs> story i love that story i mean yeah. that's how yeah, it was such an integral part to uh, mm-hmm. the defeat of the Japanese was yep. our codes and talking mm-hmm. in um, Navajo. So yeah, um, but so you know a little bit. I mean, you yeah, I can understand like when my mom's yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Okay, okay. And I, I can like speak some, but I don't speak it enough. Mm-hmm. And my son was in a Navajo language class for a while. He was in the Salt Lake Tribune for it, actually, okay. like a couple of years ago. Well, it was probably like seven years ago now. But okay, so he was doing was that. Was this a private class um, that he had to do, or was it at school? No, it the was. School? I think it was through the school, but it was like it was like a uh, funded, like pro- government funded program. Oh, that's like, great. Yeah, because we were living in Centerville, and we had to drive up to Layton to go do it. Okay, and it was only at that one school, so. And how I guess uh, um, what age groups was it was was it from like seven on? like six to I think it was like second grade to sixth grade. Okay, so yeah, younger kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's about time the U.S. government gave something back. Right, it might have been kindergartners, but I don't know. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Um. So how long? So he did that for a few years. Or? He did it. For, he did it for like a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice, and um. I was going to go back to um, what you were saying. You weren't allowed to, kids weren't allowed to play with you when you lived in Bountiful? Yeah, some kids weren't allowed to. If anyone got in trouble, I got the blame for it. Like, it was just, you can't go over there because her parents aren't Mormon or like, it was just, and Uh it was mostly in elementary. Like, once I got to junior high and like, once I got to junior high, I found my group of friends who didn't treat me different. Yeah. And I'm still like, they're still my best friends to this day. We go to brunch as every three months. <laughs> they're, uh, brunch. <laughs> they're, they're my homies. Brunch. We have, we're adults now, so we can't just be like, hey, meet me at Taco Bell in 10 minutes and everyone shows up. It's like... You've we, all got kids. <laughs> yeah, we've all got kids. We have to plan like when we can all meet up. So... Oh, that's cool. But yeah. But yeah, elementary sucked. Junior high was amazing. <laughs> nice. And how was high school? <laughs> it was all right. Kind of didn't yeah. really go. i think if i had gone more it could have been i would have gotten more of the experience but yeah i had uh memories being at high school and then leaving and then coming back (laughs) 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 nice but yeah it was fun um and then and you're a single mom on top of all this stuff yeah you're a single mom yep how do you pull all this off my mom yeah. My mom. Okay. <laughs> it it literally takes a village. Sure. And then my brother. My brother helps a lot. Um, my dad. My my parents are with us. So, uh-huh. like, if I have to be on set at six a.m., my mom can take my son to school and like pick him up and okay. stuff. But for a while there, it was just me and him, and she moved back just in time for me to start, like, to be able to do this full time. Yeah. Is when she moved back. Yeah, because it's crazy hours. Mm-hmm. Like I, mean, I said, I was working like 16, 18 hours, mm-hmm. but still somehow getting him to school and getting him home. Okay, so then that brings up a question. How do you feel about the um, the new push 
to for better working circumstances or working um, hours and working wages for crew. Oh, I love it. And we need it. Like yeah. we need ad- to people to advocate for us to mm-hmm. tell to, like, cause 12 hours is fine, but also at the same time, it's like, it's going to be more than 12 hours because it, however long it takes to get there, mm-hmm. that's an hour, however long to get home. It's like another hour and yeah. then like unloading. So it would be nice to be able to have it less than a 12 hour day. But also at the same time, I don't feel like I'm working 12 hours. Like I'm on set hanging out with my friends. Right. <laughs> so like it's. I, but still when you get home and then you have to be up, at you get home at yep. 11 and you have to be up at five. So yeah. You can be there at six. Yeah. Like especially when I get home at night and I have to like sew a costume that like the seam ripped or like someone, yeah. someone like got blood on something that shouldn't Do they be there. count that towards your hours? I don't think so. Okay. So it's only when you're on set. If you're doing stuff off set to fix things. Yeah. I think it just depends on your position too. Okay. And I've only really worked low budget, uh, like indie films. Uh-huh. Um, I think the biggest one I worked on was the Real Housewives of the North Pole, which is what I quit my job for. <laughs> Real Housewives of the North yeah. Pole. I think they changed it to Housewives of the North Pole, but like Kyle Richards is in it from uh, the Real Housewives. <laughs> So that's why it was called that. And then there was like cameos. Okay. But that one was one of the bigger productions I worked on. But that one I was only, a, I was considered a wardrobe PA. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have to do all do, that. Yeah. Other, okay. Do everything that I did on Limbo. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, one of the things that has brought this to light is the whole um, Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. Independent film. I mean, you know, you're working on independent films. What do you think the biggest budget you've worked on or for a film? Um, money wise, I don't know because I don't really pay attention to that. But, okay. But the ho- Housewives of the North Pole would probably be the biggest budget. budget. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the indie film that Alec Baldwin was doing, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but I think they had a million or two million dollar budget. Dang. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. For an indie film, <laughs> like low budget <laughs> indie film. Yeah. Come try and hack it out here in Salt Lake and some of the indie films. Right. That we've worked on. <laughs> But, um, I mean, that was one of the things they talked about yeah. was the crew. Rust? Was it called Rust? Rust. It yeah. was Rust. Okay. Yes. And, um, but it was the crew hours. Oh, and yeah. how, you know, they'd be doing 15, 16 hours. Yeah. The camera crew, half the camera crew had quit right, right before, before that happened. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, was it the prop person too that quit or something? I can't remember. Um, I just remember the camera yeah. crew. I think the prop person was quitting or something. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. Uh, but it just brings the light. I mean, again, going back to what you're saying. So when you, let's say they mark a 12 hour day Mm -hmm. of shooting, does that account for your breakdown and move it, you know, and if uh, if you have to break it down and put it in your car and all that other stuff, do they count that into your day? No, I don't, they don't count that in my day. Okay. But like, because you said breakdown, and I instantly went to script breakdown. I'm like, that's oh, like yeah. pre-production. <laughs> no, John, no. <laughs> that's pre-production. But no, like that that doesn't count. Because like if I have to be to set at 7 a.m., uh-huh. I'm up at 5:30, maybe 5:45, six. I push it. <laughs> <laughs> I and might, then, you know. And then if I'm if I'm good, I'll load my car the night before, mm-hmm. and then I can like just get ready and like do my morning. But most of the time. I have to load that morning. <laughs> right. But I like, uh, for instance, on limbo, mm-hmm. when we'd have to move locations, um, or we couldn't keep the stuff at the location 
and oh, you'd yeah. have to pack it up. Uh-huh. I mean, was that really accounted for? That one was, yeah. That was? Yeah. Okay. That was accounted for because we were, yeah, that one was. Okay. So it was, we're cutting shooting at 730 mm-hmm. and then we need to be out by nine or something. Yeah. Okay. The hard out. Yes. Um, yeah, I, that was, I mean, but even on um, sets like Limbo, you get thrown curveballs. Oh, every day I felt like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but is that pretty common for independent films? and um, Or does it just depend on the crew? I think it depends setup? on the crew and the setup. That one was new to me because that one was like low budget. So like, and then we all love Mario and like we were helping Mario out with that. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, I loved being able, I loved getting those curveballs thrown because it's going to teach me for the next one. But for other low budget ones, it was that we were adequately staffed okay. to where I didn't have to, I could have, I stayed in my lane. Like I didn't have to I gotcha. jump all over. But that's the cool thing about that. I've learned anyway, especially working with people like Mario, who hopefully we'll have on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he, he's graciously agreed to do it as well. Um, but that there's a lot of people that help out each other. I mean, like we had Lenny Wito. Yeah, I show, love Lenny. Lenny, and I love Lenny you. Lenny came to help out on Limbo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he wasn't getting paid, but Mario had helped him on his yep. feature. Exactly. And so it was a lot of just one hand washes the other. Yeah. He made us lasagna. <laughs> he did make us lasagna. <laughs> and mac and cheese. Which I couldn't eat because I'm on a diet. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then the pizza rolls. Thank you, the Lenny. Pi- the pizza rolls that nobody <laughs> ate. I no- ate them. Did you eat I some of the some. pizza rolls? Yes. <laughs> so Lenny, poor Lenny, makes these pizza rolls for every day. He made like both bags. And he's like, should I make another bag? I'm looking at him like, I don't think a lot of people are eating those pizza rolls, pal. He's like, no, I'll make the other bag. And then he just went around. He went around the whole house with the pan I remember in hand. that. Would you like a pizza roll? Would you like like a pizza pizza roll? roll? Pizza roll, anybody? Pizza roll? (laughs) I think he gave away three (laughs) out of the 30 that were on the pan. I know. Shane was like, should I grab more? I'm good. Oh, yeah. Shane (laughs) Shane grabbed a handful. Um, So, yeah. But uh, for our listeners that have, you know, stayed tuned, they've met, uh, they've heard, met Lenny. Oh, okay. On the show. And then... um, Shane is uh, was our sound guy, and he's another local filmmaker mm-hmm. that, you know, again does a lot of free stuff, but then lower, you know, um, lower wage stuff to help people out. Yeah, and um, that's one of the cool things about I've learned about working in Salt Lake is the really low budget. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people helping out people, but then it does seem when stuff comes through. You know, you get somebody like mm-hmm. Mario that's the AD on a bigger budget and you yeah. know, he recommends some of the people that he's worked with and then it just, it seems to work out in the end. Yeah. It's all about who you know. Indeed. <laughs> 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 I'm starting to know more people, but it's like a handful. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it was a great experience. Um, and then, Okay. Since we're not video recording this and people can't see, we all get that. That John's explained. <laughs> you have some really great tattoos. Thank you. And um, are is there a meaning behind every one of them, or some of them just I wanted to get this? And um, yeah, there's meaning behind most of them. Some of them are just like fuck it, I want a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a fucking tattoo, so suck it. Um, nice. What's your favorite tattoo? 
Um, I don't know. I really like my yarn ball tattoo. I like yarn to knit. Ball. Yes. yes. So I right. sew and I knit, and so there's my yarn ball, and then that one's an actual knitting one. Okay. And then I have a yarn skull. A yarn skull on my. It's not finished because it hurt. So I on the thigh, yeah, I can only thigh. imagine. Yeah, but those ones are my favorite ones, just because it's my craft. Yeah, it's. Have you ever? I've met a lot of chefs that have the the butcher knife, yeah, the carving mm-hmm. knife, or I've met hairstylists with like scissors. Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say blow dryer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the knitting. That's great. Yeah. Um, now you need oh, a... My knuckles say... So there's two stitches in knitting. And my knuckles are say knit and pearl. And so one of my really good friends, she like was nervous to talk to me because of all my tattoos and like my hands were tattooed. And then like we became friends because she had a yard on her desk. And I'm like, what's, what's this about? And then she crocheted. So we became friends and then she's like, can I admit something to you? She's like, I thought you were so hardcore and like so mean because of all your tattoos and your knuckle tattoos. Come to find out your knuckle tattoos are just knitting tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like death. Or well, right. death wouldn't fit on there. Dead, dead fits on there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm a hardcore knitter. All right. <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> do you um do you make a lot of your costumes from scratch or is yeah. it having to piece together? Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of them are from scratch. Nice. So I just made three Yeti costumes for a commercial. Three Yeti costumes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And I just went to is the this store. For Yeti? It no, it was for solar panels actually. Solar panels. Yeti? Yeah. Oh wow. Because there's so the 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 script was there was a Yeti living in Arizona. And the reason why he was living in Arizona is because he saved money with solar panels to have his <laughs> air conditioning on a full blast. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, I didn't make his costume. I made his wife's and the two kids. Okay. But I just like drafted a pattern using like pants and a shirt on like pattern paper. Uh-huh. And then sew them together with a bunch of white fur i have like all the white fur on me and <laughs> you can see it it's everywhere it looks like i have an alpaca living with me <laughs> yeah um what's been your favorite project to work on um and why probably limbo like i had really? so much fun yeah. as i say that don't, don't take that personally Mara. <laughs> Mara. really oh <laughs> <laughs> boy <laughs> Um, okay, well, trim season was really fun just because that was a bigger budget. A lot of the crew was from LA just being able to meet, meeting people is probably my favorite thing, like Mm -hmm. making new friends and just helping everyone like when I can. Um, but limbo was fun just because I got to do special effects makeup and now that's what I want to get into more now. So I like doing beauty makeup and I like doing hair, but like. I went to cosmetology school when I was 19 and I re- realized that wasn't for me. And so okay. I can do it and I'll do it, but I don't like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it if you pay me. Yeah. Um, so why Limbo? Why was Limbo one of your favorite ones? Um, the crew was really small. So it was like, again, like when you're working on a big crew, you're a family with everyone by the end of the day mm-hmm. or the end of the shoot. But with Limbo, we were so small that it was easier for us to all become really good friends and then just being able to like to help the sound guy and like to help art because we didn't really have an art department. <laughs> <laughs> but like being able to show everyone like 
I, I can help you do this. I can do this. Like, except for a camera. Like, I will not touch camera or anything. Uh, camera's scary. <laughs> it's such expensive equipment. I try to stay away from it. It's like when I'm bartending, mm-hmm. I stay as far away from the wedding cake as I possibly can. Because <laughs> you only get one cake. Yeah. It's just like there's only one camera. Yep. Well, there might be two. But yeah, exactly. Still. I, I I love my camera boys, but I will not touch anything. And I'm, I'm sure they appreciate it. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. But yeah. yeah, like being able to be like, oh, and then I acted in Limbo too. I was the That's hooded woman. Right. You were the so hooded. I literally got to carve lust in your head. Yes. <laughs> you did it on film and then off camera. Yeah. That's right. But so that's what I loved about it, being able to do all those different roles. And like, I don't want to act like acting is not my thing. Yeah. I do. Like, I I only agreed to it because my face was hidden. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a hood. <laughs> and it's just my hands with a knife. Yeah. But being able to like Mario being like, oh, we need this done at this time. And being like, oh, shit. I don't know how I'm going to get it done. But then mm-hmm. like an hour later, I got it done. Yeah. <laughs> so just... I work well under pressure. So, and being prepared for it. And it was probably my, this, this was my second time being an actual costume designer. Okay. Like for a feature film. Yeah. So I've learned a lot from the ones before, but this one I was able to do, like just break down everything from the beginning. And it was like just me and being able to do everything by myself. I don't know. It's like, I'm super independent. So. Yeah. It just made me feel better that I pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is you want to get more into special effects makeup. Yeah. How do you think you'll go about that? Um, I've met, so I know two people who do special effects makeup. Mm-hmm. And so I've made connections with them. And like Rachel Bennett is one of them that I worked with on the Yeti commercial. And I was like, Hey, like if you need like uh, an assistant, like I would love to learn from you and like see how you do it. Like just learning from other people is Uh like the best I feel like. Yeah. But also just going to go get the stuff and just practicing myself. I feel like would probably be practice on your son for Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Or my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a makeup party. Yeah. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. You have a special effects makeup party. Yep, exactly. Okay. So uh, everything I have done is like self-taught. Just basically. getting your hands dirty, yep. getting in there. Mm-hmm. Do you ever watch YouTube videos or anything? Um, I did for the, to make the scar. Okay. I watched a YouTube video like two minutes before I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me this morning. I was trying to learn how to do a double Windsor and I'm watching this video. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I'm going to be late and I'm trying to tie this tie and <laughs> it's nothing like what you were doing, but yeah. Oh, I learned how to tie a tie on limbo too. That's right. Yeah. Marcus, the sound guy was giving me crap about being wardrobe and not knowing how no, to no, tie no, a tie. <laughs> tie, tie. <laughs> oh, Marcus. <laughs> um, yeah. So that sounds great. So do you, um, I guess how many what is the as far as being a woman and in, in the film industry do there do you feel like there are doors that are wide open and then there are doors that are a little more closed for you or um i haven't felt that really okay as as a woman i haven't felt that yeah yeah like i feel like costume department in general doesn't get paid as much as people think like okay we're undervalued for sure okay um but, but that's not that's so much a as sex, a, yeah, gender it's a, thing. Yeah, it's a department as full, but like mostly women working in costume. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never felt like 
discriminated against. I've never yeah. felt like being a woman like would get me further or like has pushed me back. Uh-huh. So I, I feel fine about it. <laughs> okay. No, I was just wondering because I mean, I don't know. Because um, I mean, a lot of the, and this is my lack of knowledge as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the, you know, big special effects people you hear of, you know, like Stan Winston and um, I'm forgetting the other creature creators, but it's always Chris men. Yeah, Chris Hansen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of men. So I didn't know is special effects. Uh, has it traditionally been more men and women are breaking into it? I think so. Cause so Kelly Donahue is another big special effects and I've worked with her multiple times and she's always booked like she, and she's amazing at her job. I've learned so much from her just from like standing next to her, watching Uh her do her work. Then I've learned like from a YouTube video. Yeah. And so I like, cause I'm still new to the film industry. Like it'll be two years in July. Yeah. July that I've been in the film industry, but Mm -hmm. a year in May, a year now, like full time. So I don't really know like a lot of like local special effects people other right. than Kelly who I worked with now Rachel and I didn't even know Rachel was a special effects makeup because I and met are her. They they live here in Salt Lake. Yeah. Okay. And I met her. She was a PA on uh, Give Me Your Eyes, a horror movie that I did. Mm-hmm. And also be nice to your PAs because you don't know what they do. Yeah. <laughs> They're not always PAs. No. But yeah, I like when I worked with Rachel in the commercial because she told me she did makeup. And then when I get to set on like Tuesday, she has like all her stuff laid out. And I was like, damn, you really are special effects. Like I'm impressed. And so, and then like just making that good connection, like hopefully she'll ask me to be your assistant one day. So what would that entail? I mean, let's say she's on a bigger budget movie Mm -hmm. or commercial or whatever it is, bigger budget project. Mm-hmm. and she does want you to be an assistant, but you really don't have a lot of experience. Would you do that just at a really low rate, or how, how does that um, work as far as pay? Maybe not, like, too low. Like, cause yeah. I, right now, after Limbo, I feel like I do have experience. And okay. I, and if I, like, keep, like, just practicing on my free time, then I can, like, build that. Portfolio. Yeah, that portfolio, mm-hmm. and then that way I wouldn't be, like, too newbie to it. Right. Not total green cherry. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I just think that, uh, just getting in there is like, if I can, if someone's asking me to be like, to help them on a set, then I would be glad to. And it's like, I wouldn't want to take a low rate, but also at the same time, like if it's all I have at the moment, then why not? And you're going to learn from it. And You'll yeah, get something I'm out getting of it. experience. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm making more uh, connections. Like I've done free things like short films mm-hmm. and I have gotten bigger paying projects from doing those free things just by meeting people on set. Like yeah. them watching me like what I do and then they're like, oh, cool. Like, well, can I you come? This. Yeah, I've got this. Can you come do this for me? Or like, yeah. or they refer me to someone else. So to me, like yes i always want the money (laughs) (laughs) money's good yeah money helps but at the same time yep it was nice when i was working my full-time job because i took a lot more free things then Mm -hmm. because i like you're still getting experience yeah i'm getting experience and i'm still getting paid because i'm working my other job right or i'm using pto but so but i'm still like especially with special effects makeup 
I will, as wardrobe, I will not take a low rate anymore. Ever, <laughs> 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 I've paid my dues, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. But I also feel like I have a lot to learn. So I, like, I don't always want to be a costume designer. I love being an on-set customer. That's my favorite. Um, but I, like, with special effects makeup, taking an, an assistant job, I'll take whatever yeah. rate that I can get, basically. Gotcha. I'll try to, like, go up a little but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> so right now with all this happening, is that your aspiration to be more of a special effects person or do you like costuming? And that's I love costuming. So I cost, okay. I mainly want to do costuming and but I love, love to have these other tools yep. in your kit. Exactly. Okay. Cause also being able to do hair and makeup is what got me a lot of other jobs too. Mm -hmm. Cause they're like, Oh, well you can do all of them. Okay. Then Come on. Come on down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've got a not low rate job for you. Yeah, um, yeah that's, I mean, that, again, it's just amazing what you've been able to do and, and apparently such a short amount of time. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's impressive. That's why I have you on the show. Thank you. She's special. <laughs> yeah. Jason texts me. He's like, so what's special about her? <laughs> I was like, well, a first lot, of all, Jason. all my friends are special. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that you've turned this into a career mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. I mean, there's plenty of people and in larger markets yeah. that haven't been successful at doing it. Yeah, I know. I'm just lucky. And again, it's all about who you know, because like yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for my friends or like my coworkers referring me and because mm -hmm. like the Yeti commercial, someone uh, Kamiko, the producer posted on Facebook, like, Hey, I need someone to make a Yeti costume. And there was like four other names, but then there was like five of my friends who said, Candace Candace, Candace. yeah. And so he hit me up and he was like, well, you're the most popular. So <laughs> <laughs> you won the popular vote. So. <laughs> I'm like, no big deal. <laughs> the hair whip. Yeah. Uh, me? No, stop, please more. Yeah. But so I, I, it's all my friends, like my colleagues who yeah. have gotten me where I am today. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> a shout out to the two people that will be listening. To, hopefully, Kendra, Kendra and Mario. Those are that's our target audience. I love for them. This podcast. <laughs> um, don't just forget about the really comment. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes my mouth gets away from me. <laughs> And then, uh, oh, the other thing was um, that I wanted to talk about, um, since you know we're 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 hitting the the sweet spot as far as time, but there was an interesting incident today on set, where um, there was the that's what she said joke. Oh, yeah. And who made that? Candace? I did. Candace did. That's My son right. would be so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Because he's always like, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> he rolls his eyes. Yeah. Mom, what are you doing? Why would you do this to me? Mom's so embarrassing. Yep. So um, working on, as you get on bigger budget sets, and the difference in demeanor, the difference in... Um, and I guess the overall professionalism professionalism of it. What have you know? What's, what's the differences that you notice? Um, the, the like stay in your lane, the bigger mm -hmm. productions are more, uh, what, what did I say earlier? They're more, there's everyone, there's more staff. There's more staff. Yeah. So it's, I don't have to worry about being in five different places. 
And so it's like I can just focus on my one job. That's like a main part. But I feel uh-huh. like everyone that I've worked with is always just like we're always joking. Like we're all there to make a movie. We're creating stuff together. Yeah. And so I like having that vibe. And like I try to keep that with everyone on set. Like yeah. we're just fucking around making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like don't take it so seriously. So some are definitely more professional and like uh, obviously that Christmas movie that I worked on was not a set where I, well, I guess depending on who I was with, but I wouldn't be able to be like, that's what she said. <laughs> really <laughs> right in the loud. Of take, mind you. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, Kyle Richards and Betsy Brands, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. We're talking about stuff in stockings, right? No, no? I'm gonna. I'll get back in my lane. Um, yeah, because that's, I mean, that's another big thing. I have a friend who is a big time uh, um, intimacy coordinator. Mm-hmm. And she's she did uh, Frankie and Johnny on Broadway. Oh, okay. And she's done a lot of stuff. I say friend. We met and did some things in New York. She was one of my uh, instructors, but I haven't talked to her in years. She's a Facebook friend. Oh, nice. But I, th- I still think she's pretty freaking amazing. But, um, yeah, I mean, there is a changing tide. Mm-hmm. in the film industry as far as you know demeanor and um what am i trying to say um the professionalism that's that's been askew for so long mm-hmm. on what that actually means is kind of redirecting towards more um less inequity more yeah. equality mm-hmm. um how do you i guess how do you feel that's changed? How have you had, do you see that changing much here in, in Salt Lake as far as indie films go? Do you see, um, I much don't know. I don't really. Cause like, again, like I still feel like I'm new. And so, and every set that I've worked on has been like, so well, except for the, my second movie, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> on this right, second movie. No, I did a first and a third. There was no, yeah, second. There was no second. It's movie. like, there's no 13th floor in high rise buildings. Exactly. So there was no second movie. Um, no, like it's everyone's been always so chill and like cordial mm-hmm. and like I've never felt I don't know. I don't feel like a, sh- a change or anything because yeah. it's, it's all been the same to me. OK. And everyone's just again, we're all just like having fun. Yeah. So <laughs> you I haven't like really run into any of those incidents of Mm-mm. any kind of harassment or anything like that. No. Nice. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> knock on wood. Well, yeah. Don't I harass mean, knock me. On wood. Yeah. <laughs> this is a harassment-free zone. Just that's came. what she said. Uh. <laughs> Mario harassed me the whole time on Limbo. <laughs> he harassed me too. Uh, we, we gave him sass back though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Mario. He got so much sass on that film. I know. Mario DeAngelis, for all you listening, one of the great filmmakers of Salt Lake. Yes. Salt Another Lake reason why I'm in film is because of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's probably, he's the reason I did Limbo. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody heard of me, so. Yeah, I didn't hear of you. I know, I know. <laughs> Mario's like, you know, why don't you do this movie for me? Like, All right, you sure? Um, but yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, yeah. being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should try and get uh, some other Limbo people on here. Yeah. Sometime. But thank you to our listeners. Lauren, for you should in. get Lauren. We should get Lauren get on Lauren. here. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> He's got some stories. He could even... Oh, he has so many stories. Oh. Lauren's the best. And Costco stories. He's got <laughs> Costco stories. Those are the best ones, too. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's better, film or Costco? Mm. 
Depends on the day. Depends on the day. <laughs> Depends on the paycheck. Uh, he'd probably say Costco. If it was all dependent on the paycheck, he'd probably say Costco every time. Yeah. But um, yeah, thank you again. Yes, thank and you for having me. Yes, absolutely. And we'll talk more after we shut this off. <laughs> Listeners, good day. Good luck. Have a good one. Bye.